everyone and welcome back to Zero Correlation. I'm Cheryl Chuvin and as always, coming to you from my bathroom floor because it's the place where all the magic happens. So I binged a show this week in about two days. It's called Bling Empire. It's like the book Crazy Rich Asians, but in real life, it is highly, highly, highly entertaining. And I know it came out on Netflix a while ago, but as always, I'm a little behind, but not the point. Point is, I heard a quote on it this week that I loved. So as always, I share things on the pod that I love or resonate with me or something I think you guys can find relatable. And this line really did. The line was, you have one life. It's not a dress rehearsal. I know, it sounds really simple. You have one life and it's not a dress rehearsal. So live it well. Live it the way you want to. The way that makes you happy. I know I touch upon this so many times that like, you do you. But really, forget everyone else because this is your one shot at happiness. We get one life, so why not make it the best? And why not make the most of it always at all times? It was a good reminder for me you know, to just do you and not care other people think and to be happy. And because I could always use this reminder, and I'm sure a lot of you could as well, so I figured I'd share it. But this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is the show. This is the real deal. So make the most of it. I just figured I'd share. Um, Also this week, I saw a meme that I found super funny. So again, I obviously had to share it. It said that there should be a dating app for people who have been vaccinated called Syringe. Which actually, if you ask me, is just really super clever. Syringe, shot, get it, ha ha ha, whatever. I found it funny. And I guess it's funny that even this is a thing in our lifetime that we need to worry about or we need to think about. Like, the last time people got vaccines like this, I think was smallpox. Like, a lot of our parents have, like, a scar on their arm from their smallpox vaccine and obviously we don't have that scar because we need to get the small packs small pox vaccine so it's just funny that like this is something that we need to worry about and like I'm all pro vaccines and vaccinations I think it's extremely important like I'm halfway vaccinated but either way like the concept is just a funny one that we need to get vaccinated because we're in a pandemic, because corona is here and we are upside down. It's just something I really never thought that would be in our lifetime. And it's crazy because we're basically at a year later. Life basically went to shit this time last year, maybe about like a week later. Um, I was talking to my friend Melissa and we remembered that we were at a Knicks game March 8th of last year. And that was really the last social normal thing that we did which is crazy um so I guess it's like a year anniversary almost till life really went upside down but anyways if this app has not been created it should be maybe it's in the works maybe you know I'm just a little slow on the uptake which would obviously be a surprise to no one but maybe someone should get on making syringe I think it's a great idea someone get on that I don't have time to do that, but someone else, def get on it. A friend reminded me this week after she listened to last week's pod that our favorite New York single girl, Carrie Bradshaw, confronted her ex's wife. 
she confronted her in a restaurant, like really Carrie of all places. And if you listened to last week's, you know it is relevant to what I share explained. So thank you, Anna, for reminding me of Carrie's discretion. That's not the right word. Discretion's not the right word. What is the right word, guys? Oh my God, I'm totally having my brain melting down. Whatever, Carrie's bad thing that she did. So thank you, Anna, for reminding me. But then it got me thinking, even though I personally love Sex and the City, I love the show, I love the two movies, I heard they're getting a reboot, I'm super excited. But Carrie Bradshaw was a super problematic human. And trust me, I loved her. But really, she never, and I mean never, did the right thing. She wasn't that great of a friend. She was pretty selfish and self-absorbed. She always made everything about herself. And she lived this New York life that we think is fabulous and glamorous. But really, she's just a hot mess. Emphasis on mess, not even hot. Like, she lives in this stunning brownstone on a freelance writer's salary, which, if you live in New York, you know is impossible. She keeps shoes in her oven because she doesn't cook. She says things like she buys Vogue instead of food because she feels like it feeds her more. She tries to order a Cosmopolitan at a McDonald's drive-thru. Like, really, I could go on and on about how ridiculous she truly is. And as a kid, you see this glamorous life of Carrie Bradshaw and you think, wow, I want that life. But one, trust me, you really don't want that life. Two, it's all a lie because really it's impossible. And three, she was truly a sucky human. So we don't want to be like Carrie. We should all aim to be more like Charlotte and curse the day that the man who left us at the altar was born. And if you know the show, you know what I'm talking about. Charlotte was the true hero of the show and movies, but that's a rant for another time. But then after all this, I went on a deep dive of still one of my favorite TV characters, even though she's flawed. And I went on this whole deep dive of of her life and I realized that she's so flawed and so horrible and we're taught to like emulate this character but she sucked. And then I started to think of other New York City flawed TV characters. Characters that are truly assholes. Characters who are crap friends and treat each other poorly. Characters who make us believe that we can just pick up and move to Manhattan and somehow on little to no salary live in the most luxurious three-bedroom, two-bath apartment in the most chic neighborhood in New York City. Let me tell you, this is false fucking advertising. Manhattan living is a small fortune. Manhattan rent, it's atrocious. And yeah, even now with the pandemic, rent has definitely gone down and you can get landlords to give you cheaper rent. But still, it's unbelievable. But as always, I digress. My point is, is that we're taught to love these characters who truly just suck and are highly problematic. Like friends, for example, they are all so awful. How do they afford their lifestyle? Like, really how? Phoebe sings Smelly Cat outside of the Central Park and lives in a beautiful apartment. Yes, with roommates, but still no way she can afford that. No way any of the characters can afford their apartments. Rachel is selfish and self-absorbed. Ross cheats on her because he thinks they were on a break. Ross, they weren't on a break. 
Chandler and Monica start hooking up and lying to all their friends about it. And then there's Joey. And I love Joey, but he's an actor living in a gorgeous apartment with one roommate. Really, this is just unrealistic. And yes, I love this show, friends. I'm not bashing the show. No one come at me. I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying that we see these highly unrealistic relationships and friendships and we see these impossible living situations and it just shows New York City in a way that's impossible to obtain. Everyone knows I love New York. It's my home. I've been here for almost 11 years. It's a place I chose to move, a place I became an actual human person, adult. I grew into myself here. I learned so much about myself here. But if I told you I didn't come here thinking I'd be living Carrie Bradshaw's life, then I'd be lying. Because that's what I saw on TV. And yes, I know TV isn't realistic, but that's still what I saw. So yes, these shows and characters make for great TV, but they are horrible, horrible examples of what living in New York City is actually like. Premium content, but horrible role models. And I know that's okay, and I know it's just for entertainment purposes, but as a kid growing up, I really wondered if I can ever live that Carrie Bradshaw life. And for all those wondering, the answer is most definitely not. Like I said a little earlier in the pod, it's almost a year since our lives were turned upside down. It's been almost a year since the two-week lockdown to flatten the curve started which is crazy that it's already March again. It's almost mid-March and we made it through a year and so much has changed. My life had ups and downs, roller coasters. If you asked me a year ago if I'd be where I am now, no. Am I so thankful and so grateful to be where I am? Yes. Did everything fall into place? Yes, but it still was crazy. It still was a roller coaster. It's been a year of chaos and uncertainty. And while it was easy for me to say I was just going to give up, I chose to continue moving forward. That was a conscious decision. I could have given up, but I didn't. And then one day, I just woke up and I, I realized that I've come this far and that I kind of made it. I made it through the pandemic, even though it's not over, but I made it a year. You've made it a year, which is really fucking crazy. Because like I said, No one knew what we were doing. We were all locked inside. We kind of just clung on to whatever was there and we made the best of it. So I guess like happy non-happy one year anniversary to, you know, being in a lockdown. It's really crazy the things that I've seen this year, the things I've been through. But I don't know. We've all kind of made it. So snaps for us. Give yourself a pat on the back. It's March again, which is just wild. And again, I didn't think that anything that happened this year was going to happen. Not one. But here we are and we've made it. So even though this year was complete and absolute chaos, I've always said that I feel like I thrive in chaos. I've always said that, that my life is hectic. I grew up with four sisters. There was always a lot going on. I thrive in it. So I guess I found a way to thrive in this chaos of the pandemic. And I really think all of you did too. All of my friends have been kicking ass this year. They've all been making the best of their situations. They've all just kept moving forward. So 
I'm proud of me and I'm proud of them. And if I don't know you personally, I'm proud of you too. Because like I always say, I'm always happy to be that voice in your head cheering you on. And I'm, I'm here to be your cheerleader, even though we should all be our own cheerleaders first. Um, I'm here for it. I am most definitely here for it. So happy, non-happy one-year anniversary to almost, you know, flattening the curve, a two-week lockdown just to flatten the curve, which no one really ever fucking knew what the hell that meant, flatten the curve, like such bullshit. But either way, I'm choosing to look back at this past year as a great year and a happy year. I'm, I'm consciously deciding that it was a great year and only to remember the good times. So happy, non-happy one-year anniversary to all of us. And the pod was still going on then because I went on a break back in May. So we were still going strong this time last year. So that's just another thing to celebrate because small wins, big wins, they're all just wins. So happy one year to us. It's your This week's share explain is not revolutionary. This week's share explain is not groundbreaking. It's something we've all heard of before, but it's, you know, that lovely emergency call. An emergency call is a fake out that allows you to politely get out of a particularly bad date. If you can tell the night's going to be a train wreck, but you're genuinely afraid of insulting the stranger you're sitting across from, a fake emergency call from a friend early on in the evening can be a real lifesaver. Now, while I've never done this per se, and I don't know if any of you have, if you have, you're my hero, you're so cool, like that's hysterical. Um, I know I've always spoken about it with friends, you know, send me that text or that call, but we've never actually followed through. I do have to say that there is this bar on the Upper West Side called the Dakota. I'm sure lots of you on the Upper West Side have been there. And I will never forget that one time I was on a date there and I was waiting for the guy to come, which I hate getting there first, was always so annoying. And the waitress came over to me and she said, she's like, oh, are you waiting for a date? And I said, yeah. She's like, okay, well, we're in this together. So if you see the date's going bad or you want me to bring the check, just ask for water with no ice and I'll bring you that and I'll bring the check as well. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. Thank you so much. Like we were on this date together. Like it was a joint effort and I loved her for it. And the date was so bad. There was no chemistry. There was no flow. There was no click. He was so boring. I felt like I was interviewing him and everything I was saying was like pulling teeth it was fucking awful. Like I could really talk to a wall, but like I could not carry a conversation with this guy. It was painful and brutal and I just wanted to go home. So she came over and she asked how it was going, if we wanted anything else. And I said, oh, can I have some water with no ice? And she's like, of course. And then right when she was about to walk away, the guy goes, oh, that sounds great. Can I have water with no ice too? Oh my God, guys, on the inside, I was dying. Literally, LOL. Really, I was like perplexed. I was like, oh my God, did he know the trick also? Or like, did he also genuinely just want some water because he was thirsty and was weird like me, wanted no ice? I don't know. I was so thrown off. It was so funny. She brought both the waters. She brought the check with her because she's a saint. 
he didn't get the hint. He, we still sat there for at least another 20, 30 minutes, even though the check was clearly waiting there. But she was my hero. This waitress in the Dakota bar was my hero. So I loved her. And every time I went back on a first date there, which for some reason, men on the Upper West Side, that was like their go-to first date spot. Like there was no creativity. They just went to this one bar. She saw me and we would like always laugh and like make this joke. And I would always do this. And like, she was the best waitress ever. And I'm like mad at myself that I don't remember her name because she was awesome. So that was the only equivalent that I've ever done to the emergency call, even though it never truly worked. It was still pretty cool that she offered it. So we liked her a lot. But that share splitting this week, like I said, not revolutionary, not groundbreaking, but still super, super important. So as always, drink your coffee, mind your own business, wash your hands, do your squats. And as always, stay far, and we know far away from fuckboys. I'm Cheryl Chuvin. This is Zero Correlation, and thanks for listening.